Greetings, you are now listening to the McCuffey Croncast. Stand by for your hosts, Brian Murphy and Doug Bruzzoni. They will be discussing your favorite baseball squadron, the San Francisco Giants. Take it away, Brian and Doug. Welcome, and joining us this week is Wendy Thurm. She's returning, maybe against her better judgment. She has excellent judgment, but still, she's coming back to our show. Wendy, welcome back. You're with Brian and Doug. How are you doing since the Giants won game uh, won the NLDS? <laughs> oh my God! You know, I missed Game Four because, um, as I noted on on the Twitters, it was Yom Kippur, which is the holiest day of the year for for practicing Jews. So I I got out of the car, went into synagogue. It was one to one, and I thought, okay, well, you know. Whatever happens, happens. So we, we get out. I turn my phone on. Of course, all of this is against the rules. I'm not supposed to drive, and I'm not supposed to have my phone. So, you know, whatever. And I turn it on, and <clears throat> my eyes are like, I, I, I couldn't really adjust to the light. And I said to my teenage son, I said, does that say a four in the top of the ninth? <laughs> <laughs> he goes, he goes, yeah. I go, no, really? They they were ahead five to two, whatever, and that that says four. He said, yeah, mom, it says four. And I was just like, <laughs> and then I basically like read the play by play in the car out with my own, you know, interpretation of it off the game day on the way home, and it was, I mean, it felt like a fitting end to the season. I still have not seen the ninth inning. I've not watched the video. Oh, you've got to watch it. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you do not no, have to watch no. it. <laughs> That's the worst idea. I would say that that ninth inning showed demonstrative, it was clear, picture clear, that uh, Bruce Bochy was the healthiest player on the Giants' entire roster because he was bolting up off the bench out of the dugout to the mound, back and forth, boom, 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 better than any player could shag a fly ball. It was, it was, it was impressive. He was panicking, and you could see it by how quickly he was walking. Uh, so your story is sort of like Larry Bear's. Uh, the Giants CEO had the, he went to the service too, but he went and the Giants were leading five to two. Oh, and then, his service was later than mine. That's right. <laughs> so he found out uh, um, after I the actually, service. That's funny because I, I didn't. Yeah, that's I didn't know. <laughs> I knew I had I had heard or someone had told me. That because I was at I covered the game the night before, so I think someone told me that some sure him and he said he was he was going to be in services. So um, yeah, that's brutal. I mean, yeah. it was hard for me, but I'm I don't own the team. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, he didn't uh, he didn't make the comment that it was a fitting end of the season. But certainly, you know, in terms of I'm sure his mind went straight to that, uh, right? If you're being told that you you get you get into service at five to it's five to two it, going into the ninth inning you turn off your phone and you're thinking all right but then you're told like as soon as ninety minutes later like oh they lost sorry yeah that's got to be the first thing that goes to your mind it's probably like the bullpen must have just done what it normally did <laughs> oh I, I would so... think the first thing that goes through his mind is I picked the wrong religion <laughs> <laughs> you don't pick a religion. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I'd be curious to know what you guys think. Like, um, what, it was Law started out the inning, right? I mean, okay, how would you have done it? Like, it was 5-2. to two. Um, Would you have let more stay in? Or if you had, if you wouldn't have let more stay in, who would you have started the inning with? And then as it unfolded... I mean, were there, were there, and of course, I would have loved to have heard like what Kruk and Kike or John and John and uh, Dave were saying. Well, but, I want to. But least... obviously, it, se- <laughs> it seems like every wrong move he made, every you know, every move he made was wrong. So well, who knows what would have happened? But um, yeah. well, Doug has a really good answer for this. But just real quick, I want to throw it in this in there. The after the game. Kruko specifically said, I'm just stunned. I never saw this happening. Oh, well, that's right. <laughs> just because I made extra clear to turn on the radio as that was happening. 
and then listen to the post game. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Doug, Doug, you have a really good breakdown of that ninth inning. I feel. Uh, I mean, I think you, you, if you're Bruce Willis, you have to go with Casilla there. <laughs> Are you serious? No. <laughs> um, no, I think. Uh, I think so. The the first guy out of the bullpen was was Derek Law, and right. he gave up a hit, and then he was removed. So my thinking there is that if if you look at a guy and say first base runner, you're out of the game, you just don't put him in the game because that's right. someone you don't trust. You you know that he probably shouldn't be out there. You, there's no reason to do that. Now, if it was me, I'd have uh, I'd have started the inning with Will Smith, and I'd have said, "This is your inning. You go get him." Now, if you like loaded the bases or something with a bunch of walks, then maybe you go with with someone else. But otherwise, why, I don't. Why is that? I mean, he had been pitching kind of better than a lot of other guys at that point yeah. in the season. Was, it, was there any um, other reason? Was was it? Uh, yes. Who was was it? Bryant was the first. Who was the first guy up in the inning? It was a right hand. It was a right hander, but Will Smith doesn't really have platoon splits. Right. Um, so I'm not super worried about exactly who it was. Um, I would say that he was of the Giants' effective relievers, which is, you know, it's Law and and him <laughs> recently and Strickland maybe. I would say that Law pitched two innings the night before. So you would try to avoid him. Strickland, you know, it's kind of hard on him to say this, but he's kind of shown that the ninth inning is in his head a little bit. And so I would try to avoid him there too. Right. Like even before that game. And so I think the answer has to be Will Smith. And, you know, Romo, it's not that Romo is necessarily a bad choice on his own, but he'd also pitched two innings the night before. He has a real, that he throws nothing but sliders that kills your arm. You can't trust him in that situation the way Bochy did. Well, he and also so, gave, pitched two innings the night before and gave up a game-tying home run to Chris and, Williams. And gave up a game-tying home run and also hung a, a slider the next inning to, I think, Baez that he just missed. And he hung that one just right. as badly as the one he hung to right. Bryant. So I think Romo, you know, he Romo did a really good job in that in that other game, other than that one pitch, to rebound and pitch well and get the Giants to the 11. Like, sometimes you're going to give up home runs. It happens. He rebounded in a way that, Santiago Casillo would not have done. But I think to trust him the next day after he'd thrown two innings and his arm is a delicate little flower, I think that's the absolute wrong move. Yeah, I, I think we had talked about this on the last one, but, you know, keeping more out there would have was just not in the cards. It's not any measure of sanity. Uh, maybe if it's the NLCS and you're trying to get to the World Series or if you're in the World Series for sure – just by how well he was pitching, but well, why? I mean, what? It didn't make any sense. It just didn't make any sense to run him out there for a ninth inning at because he had, he was at what 108 pitches or something? Yeah, 120 pitches. Um, oh, and in my yeah, it was it was a lot of pitches. And in my mind, if you can't trust the bullpen to protect a three run lead, then you're not going to win anyway. Right. So, so it was you, it was either going to happen in this game or or down the line, it was going to happen. Uh, some blow up like this in the postseason. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, so you know, the Giants basically died doing what they love doing, which is <laughs> blowing which, leads. Which, well, which is first putting Javier Lopez bizarrely into a situation in the ninth inning, where the one thing he can't do is walk somebody. Watching him walk somebody, then yanking him and yeah. watching the get much worse. Yeah. So, it's a, it's, it's a. I mean, I don't even know how bitter it is to the season, just in the sense of like they were a bad team for the second half, and to me that just sort of became the status quo. They really did look tired for the entire year, even when they were winning. And so, I guess you know it it stinks, losing sucks, and the fact that they have won three World Series in the past seven years really does kind of take the whole sting out of it to a large degree. But at the same time, it's you kind of wonder how where are they supposed to go here? Uh, the the post season or the season ending conference sort of said you know you know Bobby Evans' direction was basically we're not going to drastically overhaul the bullpen. And I think if you've been reading the site, I'm speaking to the listeners here, uh, then you know that basically uh grant and doug have been sort of pick and rolling the the giants bullpen the giants bullpen and i even have an article coming out as well about 
the Giants bullpen in terms of where you can go with it. Um, I I think it's just one of those things, you know, you you kind of become a victim of your own success. At, you know, to a small measure, winning a championship is a is a great uh, medicine for all that for all the woes. But you know, they've got all these sunk costs left and right, and they're over the tax limit, uh, which Ruben wrote about. Maybe the new CBA raises the the threshold, so they're good there. But you know, the Giants still, just based on all the factors of you know their current payroll, the luxury tax. Uh, free agency in terms of who will come play for them, uh, and then just in terms of what they, you know, who they might even possibly be interested in, even in trade, um, you know, their options are kind of limited. And, and so it's not controversial for him to say, we're not going to drastically overhaul the uh, bullpen uh, because and to some degree they can't. And to another degree, you just can't expect that you're going to assemble. 13 uh, bad player, the same degree of bad players two years in a row since they were historically bad this year. Well, you know, I, I have to say that's, you know, what typical optimism from you, Brian. So, um, <laughs> right. But I mean, they can't, they, they were as bad. I, th- I said this in the last one, they were probably about as bad as they were in 2004. And, you know, that was a bullpen. They went in makeshift going into the season going, we'll fix it on the fly. And this year they did the best they could. Uh, it's weird that Will Smith is somehow a, a low leverage reliever if the Buster only comments are to be believed. But essentially, um, so, so like, what I, I, would you well, like to say? Those, I don't know what those uh, are. What did he say? Uh, uh, he basically was he was reporting from what people allegedly in the Giants front office we're saying was that after they got him and sort of worked him out and played him, they kind of saw him as more of a low leverage reliever. Uh, and so that's sort of why, which I, it just doesn't strike me. I mean, when he first came over, he wasn't great, but the last month of the season, he was essentially tearing it up as, as Doug pointed out. But I think by that point, the giants just thought this is not a guy we can, this is not Jeremy Affelt. This is not a guy we can throw in in these intense situations and expect to get out of it. So that that could be a, a great – that was Olney's explanation for why we didn't see Will Smith earlier in that sequence or why he why Javier Lopez was first. Um, but I – you know, I, so if you're trading like your top prospects for essentially a low leverage reliever, you know, that, that kind of sucks. That means your move didn't really work out. But it also means that going into the next year, you need to find some guys you can count on for probably the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. Yeah, well, I mean, I um, I watched the press conference, and I took away from that that they know they need to get a ninth inning guy, and it's not going to be any of the people who pitched this year for the Giants. Huh. Um, that, that's, that was my takeaway, um, and I think that was kind of how the beat writers wrote it up. Um, I mean, they basically said, I mean, I forget what words they actually used, but, you know, we're going to have a different situation in the ninth or something like that. Um, so that my takeaway from the press conference was that they know that they have to address that. And I mean, I, I don't I, I mean, I know it's it's easy to kind of pile on um, the front office when they make moves that don't work out. But. I mean, it's such an obvious, obvious thing that they have to fix. And there isn't any, I mean, maybe they thought it was going to be Strickland. It's not. Maybe they thought it was going to be law. It's not, you know, da, da, da. So I think, I mean, I think they're going to go out and fill that hole. Now, I don't know who they're going to fill it with. Um, I don't think they're going to pay for, I don't think they want Aroldis Chapman. I don't think they're going to pay for Chapman. Whether they would pay for Kenley Jansen, I don't know. Um, I read today in the Nationals, you know, want Mark Melanson back. So we'll see, you know, how that goes. Um, and I haven't looked at the whole long list. But I, I do believe that they're going to address the very uh, back end of the rotation. And, you know, while um, as a stats-driven uh, person, I and, you know, as we see kind of what has happened in this postseason – 
Um, you know, I like to believe that there, the pitchers don't need to necessarily be slotted like you're the seventh inning guy, you're the eighth inning guy, whatever. Um, but this group this year um, seemed particularly susceptible to um, kind of bouts of bouts of you know uncertainty or lack of confidence or lack of conviction in their pitches when when Bochy was forced to kind of juggle roles because because um, of what happened with Casilla and then when you're when the back end of your rotation is so uncertain then everything kind of you know gets jumbled up um, so while um, the kind of Romo Afel Lopez coming in and doing what they needed to do in um, in 2012, 2013. I mean, those guys were more experienced. Um, even though Jeremy Affelt would would tell you and told me many times, you know, yes, I can be flexible. Yes, I can do all of these things in any inning. Um, I don't prefer it. It's not. It's not what I prefer. Um, so, I mean, because I, you know, everyone's been going on and on and on and on about Andrew Miller, and so I went back and. You know, and looked a little bit, and somebody wrote it up. I think it was uh, uh, Cliff Corcoran, who used to be at Sports Illustrated, and wrote it up for somebody else. Like, you know, the best postseason reliever performances, and I was like, Jeremy Affelt better be on that list. Hmm. Um, so, and he was. But um, anyway, I think the long and short of it is, you know, everyone wants to say, well, now look what's with you know happened with Miller, and look how you know successful it's been, and look at all this struggling and all that kind of stuff. And I I tend to agree that you should use your best pitcher in the highest leverage situation wherever that is, the most amount of times. Whether you can do that over 162, you know, it remains to be seen. But some guys, either because they don't have enough experience, they don't have enough conviction in their pitches. They're not settled in that role. Like some guys, I think mentally can't perform that way. Um, and and I, I think a lot of the juggling is what um, is what made this year. Uh, I think it contributed a lot to kind of the failings this year. And then you can see it in a microcosm of, of the ninth inning, right? I mean, Derek Law starts the inning. He gives up a hit. Bochi goes out. So every guy goes out there knowing, I can't screw up. I can't screw up. I can't screw up. Right? Bochi's going to take me out. Bochi's going to take I mean, that's a terrible, terrible place to be, um, whether it's, you know, July 23rd in Cincinnati or, you know, game four of the NLDS. So anyway, it's a long way of saying I think the Giants are going to address the closer, for lack of a better word, the ninth inning guy, and then we'll kind of see what happens. I'm not as pessimistic as you are, that it'll just be the same as this year. Well, you and Doug are in strong agreement there in terms of what led to the season-long woes. In term- Doug, I'm just speaking for you. Just let me manage <laughs> you, okay? Let me just handle this. No. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> right? But that's what you've been saying, Doug. It's sort of like you can't create a foster tough guys if they're just going to be on yeah. on edge. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like it's um, what I've been saying is that if the guys know that Bochi doesn't trust them, then that'll that'll affect their performance. They'll kind of start to deserve to be not trusted. Right. Even I when I totally agree with that. Yeah. So whereas, whereas when it was when when Casilla got hurt or whatever was that twenty, was that twelve? Uh, right. It was twenty twelve. Yeah. When Romo ended up being the closer, but they didn't kind of make him the closer until like September and they had to juggle. Um, though Bochi had full confidence in each of those guys, each of those guys, Lopez, Romo, Afa were able to perform in the variety of circumstances and his switching around didn't have anything to do with his lack of confidence or their lack of performance. So while you can look at it and say, Oh, he, Look at look at all these other years he juggled. It, it was com- for completely different reasons and in different circumstances with a different level of conviction. Um, so, you know how they kind of resuscitate, you know, the confidence level um, with any number of those guys as they approach spring training. That'll that'll kind of be interesting. So. Well, I mean, it seems like Hunter Strickland's a bit of a 
he's I think he is who he is. I, I'm not sure that rehabbing that it's possible to rehab him. He just he seems like he's always one step away from kind of losing it anyway. He doesn't seem like I mean. I don't have to put a lot of stock in him. I mean, I guess Derek Law seems like a guy that you want to do that, you know, do something like that too. I guess what I'm saying is, one day it's they don't have the guys either. <laughs> like that—that's part of it. Not just not just uh, that they've handled them. They could have handled them better, but the talent that they have assembled is, you know, probably not the the people who are going to be back are still not that great. <laughs> You know, there's still liabilities in a lot of ways. Yeah, there's liabilities, but I don't, um, well, um, Casilla's gone and Lopez is gone. And, you know, I don't know whether they'll bring back Romo. I think they'll wait and see what's out there, right? So Will Smith will be back and you've got, you know, the Osich-Okert thing. Um, You've got, is Garen definite? Wasn't well, I mean, he, he, there's a chance that he'll be back. He was, he, he, I don't think he's hit arbitration yet, or if he has, this is like this first year. So okay. they still have control of him. Okay. I wasn't sure. Um, I mean, I, I think that they're, I think if they got, you know, a really solid ninth inning guy and then, you know, picked up someone who turned out to, you know, just be a solid, I mean, I don't know. I have to kind of look at lefty righty and kind of all of that stuff in innings, which I, which I haven't done. I've, I've kind of checked out at the giants a little bit after they got knocked <laughs> out. Um, so I don't, it just, again, as between and among who they need to beat in the national league and the national league West, I'm just not as pessimistic as you are. I wasn't being pessimistic. Where was I being pessimistic? You said they all aren't good. I mean, you, the talent level isn't there. I just it, on the in the bullpen. I mean, yeah, who they're bringing back? They're not the the core there is not remarkably better than any other. The Dodgers bullpen's better. Um, I don't know the Padres. I don't know anything about NL West. They beat the heck out of the NL West, so it's hard to say that the Giants can't compete in their own division. But you know, talent level wise. The, it's not top heavy. It's it's not bottom heavy, but it's I I don't. Can you be middle heavy? Well, my belly says you can, but otherwise, um, <laughs> I don't know. These are bad jokes, folks. I apologize. Um, yeah, but I, I think they offensively they they're still a, a pretty strong offense. I think the team wise. I mean, we can talk about this expanded out a little bit because if you look at sort of how the industry might pencil it in. The Dodgers are going to win the NL West every year. And now good luck to all the other National League teams. The Cubs are going to win the pennant every year. And so the Giants are basically, you know, but then you look at the Giants and you go, they've always seemed happy with, let's just shoot for 84 wins and get the wild card. Like that's been their their plan since all since that became a possibility, it seems like. They've never, when they had bonds, it was just like, yeah, let's see where we go. But it was always, let's build around bonds and then if we're close, well, we'll also come on. break, I we'll mean, push the, over. The, the, I, I, I think to compare what the team does now to what it did when Bonds was the deal and all is, is is just not a fair characterization. Okay, but I mean, even now, it just seems like they're, they're not really in a position to get up to, you know, the Cubs and the Dodgers have basically created this quantum surge in baseball management, essentially, and the Giants are on that tier right below now. And so it's going to be interesting to see how they compete. They obviously played the Cubs very tough. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't like the Dodgers sense. were that I, good this year. They won yeah, 91 I, games and that was their design that they were going to have yeah. 30 pitchers and each of them was going to pitch five innings and then they were going to cobble together a rotation. This yeah, is the exactly Dodgers, the team yeah. the Dodgers were trying to make. They won 91 games. That's not insurmountable. They're not no. a super team. They're, They're not, not a the, super team at at all. First of all, Adrian Gonzalez is aging. Chase Utley, is he gone after this year? Yeah, it was a one-year I mean, deal. It's, it's Corey Seager, Jock Peterson, um, uh, you know, Kershaw, and then you'll have to see kind of how the rest of the pitching staff kind of plays out with all the injuries and whatever. Kenley Jansen, they're going to have to re-sign. Justin Turner is a free agent. Um, I mean, the jo- I mean, if you just think back to you know, I mean, 
there were so many games where everything that, that had to go wrong went wrong in order for the Giants to lose that game. And there were so many games like that. I, I think, I mean, on paper, I don't know that the Dodgers with the pe- the team, with their injuries, with our injuries. Who, I'm just saying they they've won out. the division four years in a row. That's all I'm saying. And they have no rings to show for it. That's true. I'm, I'm so, saying I mean, I'm not, I, I, I mean, the idea, I mean, I, I think Dodger fans today, I don't know, but I suspect they're pretty surly today. Um, well, that's always the question, right? Do you want to be the Yankees or do you want to be the essentially the Giants? Do you want boom and bust or do you want to always be dominant or do you want to be the Braves? I guess that's the third tier where you win the division every year and then you just kind of hope that maybe something good might happen one year because the um, Dodgers I, are right now the Braves. <laughs> I think that, I mean, my personal view is since you can't really control, I mean, I think it's harder. Um, I, I believe science, the ownership and the brain trust that the plan is to put the best, to put the team on the field they think can, can win the National League West. I don't, I, I just, the idea that they like, shoot for 88 wins versus shoot for 92 wins. I don't even know how you do that, right? I, I don't, I mean, <laughs> how, how do you do that? How do you shoot for 88 versus 92, right? I mean, I think if Bobby Evans had to do it all over again, he would have pushed harder for Mark Melanson. He said that. He has said that. So um, he made a mistake. Mistakes get made. Other teams have made mistakes, we ended up with Cody Ross. Other teams have made mistakes. We got, you know, they got Marcus Scudero. Other teams make mistakes. They got Freddie Sanchez. They got Pat Burrell. They got, you know, da da da. They got this person. I mean, so I don't know. I just, to me, the Giants and the Dodgers are still, um, they're the they're the two teams to beat in the National League West. And I mean, as a fan, if I had to choose, I'd rather have those rings. I mean, I think Do- you know, Dodger fans are looking at. Um, being in a position to be watching the greatest pitcher of his generation who may never get a World Series ring. Uh, well, I mean, there's a long ways to go here. Yeah, there's a long ways to go, but <laughs> so, I it's mean... It's hard to win a World Series, and it's really they hard haven't to win done it. Series. Look, look, the Cubs may not win the World Series, right? I mean, it's... Yes, I know the odds are in their favor. I don't know about that. I mean, I well, think the thing- it's going to be a very interesting, compelling, and fairly uh, tight World Series. I but hope I it's tight. It could be a blowout. I mean, but well, I, it could it could set up um, it could set up in certain ways to make it um, to make it you know six seven game compelling series. Or well, sure, not. first draft, first draft though. Just or just the first pass of all this, all the things that have broke the Cubs' way, and this is in no way saying that the Cubs are not deserving of where they are. They're they're the best team, it's no question. But sort of the the positive breaks that you look for in these championships, or just like when you know it's your year, kind of, you know, the Giants beating the Mets does the Cubs a favor. Uh, you know, maybe the Mets are a tougher matchup for the Cubs. Generally speaking, they certainly could have had the grub grub grudge match situation the Giants having the Achilles heel of this like terrible bullpen that basically lets them in and then in the meantime the other NLDS the Dodgers are you know doing everything they can just to win the games and they're kind of spent as they go into the NLCS now of course the Dodgers still were got up two games to one so you know there's a little adversity but just as a storyteller or like the typical baseball story. And now they're cruising into the World Series with a team that's been off for about a week or that will have been off for a week. And so it's kind of got that sort of the, the, the gilded or the golden road, essentially, for them. Uh, you know, it couldn't be set up any better, in other words. Well, the teams that have a long break, uh, I just heard the number. It's like it's half and half, like teams coming off a long break. Um, a longer, let's say, lo- lo- five day or longer break heading into the World Series, are it's like they're twenty one and twenty or twenty two and twenty one, it's something like that. It so it's I don't know that it's statistically significant. so it doesn't do anything, right? Well, I, I just don't. I, I really just don't know that it. I mean, some people think rest is better. Some people think you know you have a long layoff, it's rest. Some people think it's rust. Some people think it's good to keep the adrenaline. I mean, I think the truth of the matter is there's not. They, 
I haven't seen anything to suggest that there's a statistically significant correlation between. Yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's just something people say later to justify what right. happened when they're confused. Right, it works everywhere. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> when they're confused. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, and certainly you've got Trevor Bauer healing from the drone attack and, uh, <laughs> and that and certainly the layoff will work there. And, you know, just as a, if, you know, it's, I would think it's good that your bullpen, the, all those relievers you've used, you've hyper used essentially hyper extended or overextended in a lot of ways that they'll be the better for it, that Andrew Miller will be better for not pitching, you know, seven innings in, in six days or whatever it was. I feel like that will be good for them. You would think that if this was the regular season, you would think that. And Terry Francona's a fantastic manager. He's going to have them ready to play. And they've got a lot of young guys on there, which is a little bit different from the, from the Tigers, let's say, because that was what that was the last team that had the long layoff, and when the Giants played them, right? They were off for like a week. They had to have a they had a practice game and yes. and all that stuff. That was and an older the, team, I and guess. Then the Giants then, swept them. So yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> I, I I think it's a long way of saying um, I still I still think the Giants are in the upper echelon of teams in the National League in terms of where they're starting in the offseason and the resources that um, are or will be made available. But particularly so when you're... Gonna... Go ahead. Well, I mean, it, it just, um, you know, the Pirates um, who had kind of a down year, uh, they, you know, they, they, they are not in a position to kind of spend and spend. The Mets are not in a position to spend and spend. The Marlins, you know, were kind of like, they were the upstarts. Um, but you know, you never, I mean, Jeff Moore, you never know. And now with, you know, sadly, Jose Fernandez is passing, you know, kind of what does that do to the team? Um, so you've got, you know, the Cubs are going to spend the Cardinals kind of within their market, you know, the Giants and the Dodgers, and who knows what the Diamondbacks are going to do. Um, revamping. (laughs) So, I mean, the idea that like, I, I mean, the, you know, the idea that like, Oh, the Giants are going into this offseason, and they're just, you know, they're just not in that league of being, the, you know, competitive anymore. I just think is is silly. Uh, well, what could be silly? I say a lot of silly things, Wendy. That doesn't bother okay, me. Well, I'm uh, just saying, what could I be silly. silly? What could be silly is that uh, Mac Williamson may not get a chance to start next year. And what do you think is? What do you think? Do you think the Giants are going to basically double down on this is our last year with Johnny Cueto? We can't afford to you know give these young guys uh an opportunity to fail because we need to make sure we're hitting the ground running or do you think they're going to survey the landscape and say we need to find efficiency somewhere and we can't fill every spot with the with the veteran uh it just seems very unlikely that they would do even a williamson parker uh, platoon to start the season but maybe they might i don't know what do you what are your feelings on that have you heard anything about where they might be leaning in that, in terms of that uh, direction. Um, I don't know anything. Uh, <sighs> I, um, I think that they should look at possible trades uh, for upgrading a left field, um, because uh, it, I mean Pence and Span are just getting older and less. Uh, athletic and less agile. I mean, Pence, I thought, obviously he was hurt, but he um, he just, he really just didn't have a very good year defensively when he was on the field. And I just think that's only going to get worse. Um, so is, he, is this his last year? Let's see. He can't. No. No. He's got two more years. Two more? Um, so, you know, I don't, I, I've seen a lot of potential with Mac Williamson, but I'm not going to, um, I, I, I wouldn't go out on a limb and say they'd be making a huge mistake not to give him the opportunity. Um, because it just depends on what the other options are. And I just, um, I think the counterpoint to that is that Mac Williamson hit that double off Andrew Miller that time. So he's the greatest (laughs) baseball player who ever lived. Okay. There you go. I don't have a counter to that. (laughs) <laughs> was that at Yankee Stadium? It was, or, yeah. Yeah. So, 
Um, okay, sure. Whatever you guys say on that. Um, so I don't know. I mean, well, I, I mean, baseball's still being played, so I haven't really, um, I haven't, you know, looked at all the people who might be possible. I do not think they're going to trade for Ryan Braun. Um, oh, no. Nor do I, I think they should do that. Um, so you know, Cespedes isn't a reality. I don't. You know, he's going to want thirty million dollars. And they're not going to pay that. Um, for I can't see the Giants jumping to that level quite yet. Um, I don't know that Cespedes yeah. plays at that yard anyway. I mean, I uh, and I don't know that he would sign there. Um, right. Well, that's it. See, that's a bigger thing. That is that is a reality, right? That free agents are are wary of signing in San Francisco hitters. Uh, anyway. uh, yes, hitters. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, pitchers should be lining up at, at the door. Um, you know, the Cueto thing is interesting. I mean, you know, Cueto says he loves throwing to Buster. I mean, he had a spectacular year. Um, he could opt out and the Giants could just end up paying him, you know, a shitload more money. Uh, obviously, it's unknown what's going to happen. It's unknown whether he'd opt out, although if he has another year like this year, he will opt out. And then, you know, what he would command and whether they would re-sign him. But, um you know, they just, I mean, the idea that I, I, I wasn't sure exactly what you were suggesting, like the, the idea that they're just going to like go for it by bringing in some superstar to put them over the top because they won't have Cueto in 2018. Is that kind of what you were suggesting? Kind of, yeah. But I don't even know who is that person. Well, you mentioned trade. So I guess in my mind, I was thinking, well, that opens up lots of possibilities. They could get really crazy and try to get Cespedes for one year since he signed essentially a one year deal with the Mets. Or they could trade for a guy in the last year of his contract or the last year or two or, you know, just be willing to sign a veteran of any kind. There's not a lot of great options uh, outfield wise, but, you know, there aren't there aren't really those Michael Borst, quote unquote, values. Uh, value, but essentially, what I was getting at was: Are they going to leave essentially Johnny Cueto's last season with the Giants uh, to rookies filling any of the positions uh, instead of guys they with a track record or guys they trust? Well, uh, I think they're going to leave the, the fifth spot to Ty Block, so that's a rookie. well. He beat the Dodgers. I think that earns immediate trust. <laughs> well, but did he hit a double off Andrew Miller? <laughs> he, he, he did two hits point with Clayton Kershaw. <laughs> So he did the best pitcher on the planet. Right, that's, that's true. true. <laughs> uh, so now I'm going to just tangent here. Is the legend of Madison Bumgarner in the postseason dead? Uh, because he had because, that game three. Because yes, Jake Arrieta uh, beat him up, and he didn't, and he got tired. I guess. <laughs> um. Well, he kept them in the game long enough to come back and win. So. You know, he also lost Game Three of the NLDS in 2014 to the Nationals. It was That's the, right. He didn't he didn't pitch particularly well that game. So, um, no, he I I don't think. I mean, people are going to talk about. Um, I mean, some some New York beat writer last night. You know, was I? It got retweeted into my timeline. Was just like, okay, you know. It was after Kershaw, the game wasn't over yet, but after Kershaw had kind of been knocked around, you know, okay, who would you rather have, you know, Kershaw versus Bumgarner? It's just like, you know, you, it's just a never-ending debate. I mean, Bumgarner does seem to rise to the occasion. He also seems to kind of have some games where he just completely loses focus during the regular season. Um, you know, I don't know what contributed necessarily to what happened in game three and, you know, would his next start had there been one, you know, have, have been just as rough. I don't think we'll know that. But um, I, I, I get frustrated with Bumgarner. It feels like some games he just doesn't mentally show up. Um, and then some games he shows up too much mentally um, <laughs> and uh, is kind of too into it. So um, and I could be wrong about that. It's just um, It's just my perception from, you know, watching almost every single game, you know, that he's pitched ever in his whole career. Um, so. Yeah, I think I, that's a, that's a really good point. You put better words to it than I tend to think of it. Cause I think sometimes he shows up and it's like, he has no, he has no stuff. And, and other times he, and most of the times he does when he pitches well, but the mental part is what you're saying is 
valid because I've certainly seen him pitch where he doesn't have a lot of stuff. Or I've certainly seen him pitch where even if he had the stuff, he's still not beating the guys, but he's able to kind of lock in and figure out a way to get guys out. Um, or it, even in the middle of starts, right? He started rough and then kind of smoothed out as the game went along. Um, yeah, I, I don't feel like that was one of those games, though. Game three didn't seem like a game where he didn't show up. I think the Cubs were just tiring him out. Yeah, no, I think that's true. I think that's true. But also, I mean, like um, the game where he lost his cool with Puig and then Bochi didn't put him back in, that was probably his best start all season. Um it was a second best start, I think. His start before the All Star break yes, was, yes. I think, one of his best starts yes. of his career. Yes. Yeah, the yeah. hitter against the Diamondbacks. Yes, I think that's right. Um, so, I think the answer to your question is I don't think his legend is over, but you know, remains to be seen. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that it's not over just because he didn't lose a big game. I mean, the team came back for him. They won. You, you can you can come up with narratives. You can be like, well, he didn't put them in a big enough hole. He showed up without his good stuff, and he still kept him in it for five innings, which is true, by the way. It's very impressive he didn't give up any runs after the second in that game because right. he did not have a lot. Um, and so you can still have that as, oh, he's the big game guy. He's, he's still Madison Bumgarner in all caps um, without losing sort of any of the – and then someday, if he pitches in a World Series again, he'll still be the scary guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, it's 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 kind of tough because I, I want to root for the Cubs to some degree, cause mainly because of the National League team. But, uh, you know, Jake Arrieta being the one who hits the home run, it's like, ah. Oh. Because Jake Arrieta, I'll never forget, like, you know, talking back to the Pirates fans, like, it doesn't matter if you hope you have no chance. I always feel like there's that line between arrogant, you know, confidence and arrogance. And I think every pitcher is really just arrogant, but something about the Cubs brand of it and Jake Arrieta's specifically his and Madden's just infuriates me just to the point where it's like, I I'm old enough now where I don't have many emotions anymore. So baseball emotions uh, are surprising to me and just it being Arietta who hit that home run. I mean, it's good for Madison Bumgarner because he certainly needs to find, he probably needs to be not humbled, but just reminded every now and again, like something's going to happen that's out of your control and you're going to have to deal with it um, instead of just losing your mind. But that it was Arietta was what really drove me nuts. If it had been um, Noah Syndergaard in that, in the wildcard game, that would have been beautiful uh, because I don't get that. I don't. I don't look at Noah Syndergaard or listen to Noah Syndergaard and go like, "Man, shut up." <laughs> yeah, he hates the wave. We can't hate him. True, and he's like he's going after people online about that. I really got to respect that. Exactly. Um, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he's uh, he's he just seems like a likable guy. Um, I've yeah. never I've never had the chance to interview him, but he seems like a likable fellow. Um, yeah, I mean. We'll see. You know, I mean, uh, I don't know. Bumgarner is, I mean, it's kind of interesting because, you know, there was a period of time kind of early-ish in the season where I think by statistics and otherwise, he looked like he could be in contention for Cy Young. And it feels like we're there every single year with him. Um, And there's always, you know, one or two or three other people, uh, you know, who kind of outshine him uh, as the season goes goes on. so, you know, but again, would I rather him, you know, as a fan, um, not like you can choose, oh, would you rather him be Kershaw? Would you rather him be him? But, you know, I think I, I you know, right. The rings are nice. And it's not, that's <laughs> they not really it's not to say, you know, as a fan, it won't bother me if they don't sniff the playoffs again for 20 years, because of course it would. Um, but for them to have done what they did in that period of time, like when my kids were kind of old enough to understand it and it was such an important, like it's such an important part of kind of our family history and lore, like it's, it's very cool. And it's kind of very, you know, it's just a very cool thing. So um, that doesn't give them a pass in my view, but I'd still take what they did, you know, over a lot of other team situations. Well, I contend if Kershaw's on the Giants, he's, he's an even better pitcher. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't think he's going to. I mean, he's the best pitcher on the planet, and then he's going to have Buster Posey and Bruce Bochy and, and Dave Rigetti around him, and I think that's going to be better than whatever the Dodgers can find under a rock, which is where they find all their talent. Um, so. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, Dave I'm, I'm, I'm saying was, it jokingly. But. I was impressed. I thought Dave Roberts, I mean, I, I think he ended up being a big upgrade over over Don Mattingly. And I thought he had. Oh, I totally agree. And I think that's one reason. Care. Pretty good. Yeah, I would. Yeah. And I would say that he is a, a, a really good reason why the Dodgers, not just their resources and their, their you know, talent pool, but just that he's the guy running the show now that I, to me, makes them uh, really tough instead of just tough. <laughs> uh, but the Giants uh, don't have a slouch there themselves. No. So that tends to work out. Yeah. What they don't have, though, right now are first and third base coaches uh, as they have relieved of duties uh, Billy Hayes and Roberto Kelly. They are no longer uh, the base coaches, which I think it's funny when uh, the stat community is like, well, we don't know the impact the measuring impact of it. So we say that they don't really have an impact on the game and then teams like fire them. So so it's like, well, clearly they have some value. We just don't know what it is. And to the extent that the giants are willing to make, you know, the giants are not really an organization known for such drastic changes and of any kind, they don't really overhaul top to bottom. I mean, they, they rebuilt the pitching staff only out of necessity uh, in this off season, and now it seems like maybe they're they're infield coaches. That kind of was the case. Um, I think we all were kind of scratching our heads a lot of the time with uh, with third base this year. That was certainly the most noticeable one. But I guess if you have Denard Span and Angel Pagan and even Brandon Belt, and you're not really stealing bases or maybe taking the extra bases or whatever it is, that maybe first base that was also a part of it too. Well, also, I mean, I never game. Yeah, I mean, let me let me go back and say, uh, uh, to me, there's a noticeable difference between the way Evans acts as the GM than Sabian. Evans has been much more um, uh, proactive. I mean, he went forward um, with you know cutting Casey McGee and cutting his losses on that so much faster than Sabian would have, um, and it you know it endured to the Giants' tremendous benefit. I mean, they didn't get to the playoffs, but. Uh, I mean, they had a, a, almost a full year of Matt Duffy, which was good for them. And then that raised, you know, Duffy's uh, profile and they got Matt Moore out of that. So um, to me, it has the hallmark of, of, of Bobby Evans saying, I mean, that was just it was just a weakness. I mean, that's you know, you can't you just can't have that. Um, so while, again, historically, no, they have not been quick to reshuffle the deck or let people go or whatever. Um, I think it's a good sign. And I think it has, it, it has the imprint of, of, of Bobby Evans more than, than Sabian. Um, now, yeah, I think, um, we all, everyone, we watched painfully kind of all the mistakes with third base. Um, but yeah, this year it just seemed like the guy, you know, like, like Eduardo Nunez came over when he came over, he was leading the American league in steals. And I think he was caught stealing three of the first five tries he had, or I don't know, five out of seven, whatever the number was. And I I remember tweeting like, wow, like there must not be any good defensive catchers in the American league. I mean, like what, like what's happening? Like, is he not, (laughs) you know, are the pitcher, are there better pitchers with better pickoff moves here? Are the catchers not as good? You know, I didn't go do an analysis, but I mean, you know, maybe there was some coaching too. Like, you know, for all of the twins, you know, blemishes, maybe they had someone who really worked with him and he had his, his timing was on. And when he came over here, like, you know, he, he didn't know the pitcher. So he had to learn the pickoff moves. He had to get used to the timing. He had, you know, all of that. And that, you know, Billy Hayes just, it just was, you know, he wasn't a good coach in that respect. So no, uh, I, I think that's a really good point. If you remember both of the games the Giants had against Syndergaard this year, um, right? You know, he was oh, the guy who gave. They're going to run wild on Syndergaard. Yeah, right? and they got caught stealing like three out of four times or something in the two games combined. And John Lester, right? You know, uh, even the Dodgers though they had a problem yeah. with him, but you know. 
that's probably the bad example. But yeah, Syndergaard for sure. Um, and you would think with Denard Span, he'd be wanting to run. And I, he seems like a player that's like, hey, man, I barely get on base. Let me try to do something when I do. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... Uh, so yeah, I think change is great, and I think you know to a large, I think can be very good, especially for baseball. It's always about renewal and change that because players are good only for a short window of time in most cases, and I think you know Savian stepping down and giving over to Evans probably happened at the right time. the The core is aging, and uh, the Giants, you know, they're going to have some tough decisions to make, and you know Brian Savian's made a lot of tough decisions in twenty years or so so you know i think he's ready to be like hey you do it and you know bobby evans has been in the organization for 22 years himself so it's it's not that it's uh coming unfamiliar it's i guess it's just strange right i, I mean this is the giants that i grew up with are the brian sabian giants essentially um that's the bulk of my awareness of how they deal with things um because when I was a kid, it was just oh, Will Clark and uh, Will Clark appears from nowhere. Matt Williams appears from nowhere, and it's easy for the Giants to get hitters. And now, you know, it's all turned around. Um, so I, I think uh, I think we should all be pretty happy about that. See, Wendy, I'm not that negative about the Giants' <laughs> chances. Just that it just seems like they surveyed the landscape and they're like, well, we don't have the resources to compete with the Dodgers. We don't have the, com- the resources to compete with the Cubs, but we do have the resources to compete with every other National League team. So the wild card it is. Um, uh, but, you know, it's, it's, I think it's pretty impressive that, uh, that not only the changes that you mentioned and how quickly Bobby Evans works, but just simply that they were willing to go big on the pitching in the offseason, addressing the need in sort of the, the biggest way that they could make the biggest splash and that is one of their big swings that definitely paid off. And I think we're all I think most people were surprised that both worked out the way that they did because I don't feel like Jeff Samarja is too far off of what they expected him to be, the organization. Um, maybe we were disillusioned because the first six weeks versus the middle six weeks were different. But, you know, the Giants, uh, they, their process is pretty sound. I'm not leaving questions for you guys to talk here. I've got to pick up. Okay. Head, so, all right. Well, let's try to bang out some Twitter questions real quick. Okay. All right. Um, so we're going to go to our Twitter questions. Doug, what do you got? Okay. So the first question comes from at Wolfman Zach 415, the infamous weed detective himself, who, who said, which current SF giant is most likely to defeat me in a beer drinking contest besides Bumgarner? Oh, okay. Um, Just a contest, straight well, up. Well, who, who can put up? Yeah, who can put up? Basically. Put away the most beer on the Giants besides Bumgarner. Um, I'm gonna say Belt. Oh, Belt. All right. It's always the quiet ones. But I could be. <laughs> I could be wrong. No, I. I was I, gonna I, say Trevor Brown. So I, yeah, I, you know, I was going to say Will Smith. He seems like someone who, who could like just pound eight without even looking like it. <laughs> well, Cueto, but I don't, you know, I have no idea if he's like, that's the winner. I Cueto, think I don't know actually, if he's here, you know, but I mean, Cueto would be like, I could beat you in anything. <laughs> that's right. He's a competitor. <laughs> All right. That's, that's the best answer. I feel <laughs> Okay, uh, next question from Rob Hayner at Robert Hayner, who asked, who are you rooting for in the World Series? Um, I, you know, I just, I, 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 I feel like either one is going to be a really good story and either loss is going to be tragic, you know, for the fan base. <laughs> it's almost like it's great that they're both there and someone is going to get the monkey off their back, so to speak, but... It's just going to be devastation for the other team for however long. Um, so, I, I mean, I guess I would be lean have to wear one of those giant poster boards saying we're losers for the next season. It's going to be brutal. I, I, lean, I lean slightly toward the, uh, the tribe only because I think it's going to be harder for them given their resources to kind of re- get in every year, every year. I mean, the Cubs, you know, the Cubs aren't going to have, I mean, Kyle Hendricks is going to turn in, I mean, I don't know that he'll put up the same season 
Arietta, you know, I mean, maybe he'll still be great. Um, we'll see, you know, I mean, the Cubs are going to have to develop different, I mean, different starting pitchers over the next couple of years, I think. But the obviously their core is just phenomenal. So I, I, I'm not really rooting against them, but it would be, you know, it would be great for the, for, uh, for Cleveland just because imagining them, you know, getting back in year after year after year just seems uh, less likely. That's a yeah. great point. I, I want to jump in real quick. I don't think that they would have got Andrew Miller if they had if Shapiro was still running the team. I think him him leaving helped out quite a bit yeah. actually. Uh, he just seems you know that whatever their management structure is, he seemed to embody that idea of like we're a low revenue franchise and we're going to hold to those values and just develop within. And it seemed like he did it almost to a fault for a long time, just based on what they acquired and what they gave out. And this year they took a swing and they went for it. And maybe just because this year they were in a better position than previous years, it just didn't feel like a move he would have made. Um, so it's kind of strange how that works. Maybe if Billy Bean leaves Oakland, maybe they suddenly start <laughs> They start uh, going deeper. Who knows? Uh, what yeah, else yeah maybe Billy Bean leaves, someone goes to Lou Wolf is like, come on, man. And Lou Wolf's like, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> That's all Billy Bean had to do was ask twice yeah. in the same meeting. Yeah. <laughs> Please. <laughs> uh, so at Drew, Drew underscore Bader asked, what felt better, the Cubs eliminating the Dodgers or when Ramsey Bolton became Westeros Kibble? Do you watch Game of Thrones, Wendy? I don't. Oh, well, then that automatically. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have an answer to that. The Cubs eliminating the Dodgers or when basically the big villain of Game of Thrones was, you know, killed by his own devices. Um, I don't know. The Cubs eliminating the Dodgers was kind of sad because it was uh, in the sense of I I like Clayton Kershaw. I don't care what uniform he's wearing. So I don't like the fact that somehow a team, his team not being able to score any runs, it gets hung on him that he lost the game for them. Um, Yeah, well, he, he didn't pitch that well. He didn't pitch well. I, I'm not. I agree, but I'm just like, saying it's, you know, it's hard. To, it didn't matter how well he would have no, pitched. I agree. His team couldn't. Right. I mean, he he pitched not that well in the same way Bumgarner pitched not that well when Arietta hung a right. Uh, you yeah. know, uh, on him. So, but yeah. guys were able to come back and and and. The, I mean, the we don't blame. So. Yeah, we don't blame Johnny Cueto for losing game one. No. If anyone does, they're crazy. I don't. I don't know. That's, no. I mean, I'm no. a crazy person. Yeah, that'd be absurd. Uh, yeah. Uh, we got to ask this question before you go, Wendy. Uh, this I'm jumping the gun here, Doug. Uh, it's from at yay area 853 Do you think the Giants will pursue uh, qualifying offer players? I'm going to expand the question to say, do you think they'll make any, and do you think they uh, go after any who were offered one? Um, I can't. No, they don't have anyone they're going to make a qualifying offer to. I don't think. No, Angel right? Pagan, seventeen point no, two million dollars. Angel not, Pagan, no, no, no. It's a hard no, pass. No. Okay. Seventeen no. million for for Sonny Ocasia. He had thirty one saves. No. no, they are not. He did. They are not. They are not making a qualifying <laughs> offer to anyone. I cannot imagine that they are doing that. I could be wrong, but I would say no. And would they go after someone who gets a qualifying offer? I mean, I don't. I guess. Theoretically, I mean, I can see them going after Jansen. Didn't Samarja? Didn't Samarja have a qualifying offer or no? Yep, he did. Uh, it was. They, was it him or Cueto? No, it was no, Samarja. Cueto, Cueto was traded. Okay, okay. Uh, uh, they traded for sorry. Traded I forgot. For yeah. So like Ian Desmond is a free agent, and so he wasn't traded, so he could get a qualifying offer. Right. Uh, Jose Batista. There's someone. Um, Mark Trumbo, Dexter Fowler. You know, Dexter Fowler, I thought, was an interesting guy for last season. Yeah. He would have been an interesting guy to get. Um, But I think the qualifying offer is just a patently absurd system, and I hope it goes away. Um, Yeah. I I don't see the Giants doing that either. It doesn't – it just seems like they shot their their shot last year with that. I also – who knows if it will even exist – I mean, I don't even know if that system will exist after the collective bargaining agreement is is redone, which will be. I mean, they should. Well, wouldn't it still work for this year? Because this is the last year of it, and then the new one would kick in. No, because for next off season. No, 
No. Oh, it expires after the World Series. It expires yeah. after the it expires. It was a five-year deal that was signed and became effective uh, at, at the end of 2011. So I'm pretty sure this is the end of it. Yeah, it is. They have to renegotiate. So they're, renegoti- really they're renegotiating gone. it now. And yeah. um, I know, uh, I mean, just from what I've read, that there's been a lot of, um, you know, they've tried a lot of ways to deal with that with that free agent compensation issue. Um, uh so who knows what will come out of it? But I don't. I don't think that many people have been terribly uh, happy about the way the qualifying offer system worked. It's a bad so system, you... and they're not going to change it. <laughs> is the takeaway? <laughs> so Wendy, you're going to go into a uh, baseball writing hibernation now. I I'm guessing, uh, uh, or will you be writing about the uh, off season? And where can we find you for that? I um. I don't have anything planned for that, and um, got some other stuff going on, which I might, um, which is not baseball related, and I might talk about that publicly soon, or I might not. <laughs> Can you give us a hint? Is it? A, are you writing the next Fifty Shades of Grey? I'm not. No, I can't okay. give you a hint, and I'm not writing the next okay. Fifty Shades of Grey. Well, you should. That Shades. would make you a lot of money. It that would, would make you yeah. a lot of money. Yeah, it would. But I don't wouldn't have the first idea how to do that. So, um, well, you take someone else's source material and you change the names. Oh, okay. That's how Fifty Shades okay. of Grey was written. Okay. Um, so take girl on the train and just control F, change out some names, and you're good to go. Um, should I see that movie or not? I've heard nothing but bad reviews. Okay, I've heard nothing but bad reviews, but I know you have that yeah. inside scoop. I've seen yeah. the previews like 60 times. Every movie I've seen in the last five months, I've seen the preview for Girl on the Train. <laughs> so I feel like I've um, probably seen the best that there is to see in that movie, and none of it makes any sense to me. So um, anyway. Trains, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I got to go right. one of my kids. Uh, All right. Thanks for joining us, Wendy. Sure. Nice talking to you, fellas. All right. Thanks. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 All right, that was Wendy Thurm, the Internet's own, at Hanging Sliders. You can find her on Twitter. And Doug, before uh, we sign off, I want to highlight uh, a series of tweets. Uh, an old guest of the show, Joe Fuston, my buddy Joe, he came on. But uh, this would have been good if, when, for when Wendy was here because she likes to talk about politics. And I know we don't usually, but this is a funny baseball politics uh, series of tweets. And uh, you can find my buddy Joe at Mid-Afternoon. That's his Twitter handle. He writes, Since 2000, there have been 35 cases of voter fraud. Since 1997, there have been 40 immaculate innings. Nine strike, uh, nine strike, three strikeout innings in baseball. So no, that's, he said, just, just to be even, even more clear, that's when you go strike, 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 and that's the inning. That's right. So since the year 2000, there have been 35 cases of voter fraud. And since 1997, there have been 40 immaculate innings. So five, you know, more than that. He then goes on to say, I say this because Oral Hershiser did this against Ellis Burks, Vinny Castillo, and Todd Helton in 1998 as a giant. <laughs> so he, uh, he was spotlighting a weird giant statistic. Um, and also bring up the the painful memory of when Oral Hershiser was a giant, uh, which was a weird time in Giants history. <laughs> and also Ellis Burks and Vinny Castillo have ties to the Giants and that Ellis Burks was one of the best free agent signings the Giants ever had. No, and, they traded, um, traded for him. Tra- yeah, I think they traded for one him. of the best <laughs> trades they ever had. And Vinny Castillo and Bruce Bochy are life partners. <laughs> they are so, life partners, yes. <laughs> and Todd Helton um, was a was a bane of the Giants' existence for many years and had weird facial hair. So, <laughs> uh, so basically, folks, what's going on is life is random, and uh, and you're more likely to run into cases of voter fraud than you are to see immaculate innings, which is odd because there's a lot of pitchers who hit, and you would think that they would at least be a part of that so any case uh that's my sign off for this week 
<laughs> we're probably going to be back after the World Series uh, ends, and we might have a special guest. We probably will. We'll probably have Grant on to uh, tell us how we did. Doug, what do you think our performance review will be at the end of the season? Oh, I think I think we're going to get a strong, adequate. <laughs> a firm, gentle nod. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, do you have a prediction? Not even... Where's that, uh, where's 57 that wins. <laughs> 57 wins. <laughs> That's my prediction. There's that Brian Murphy uh, optimism. <laughs> I was only 30 off, okay? so that's. I mean, that's a rounding error, basically. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, so the Giants, you know, they had a they had a pretty decent year, and um, and I'm, we're going to talk about it one more time before we go into the into the wintry darkness that is the off season. Um, and in the meantime, you can find us. Uh, this is going to be a big week for us, Doug, on the site. Um, the parents are away. Parents are away. away. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna swear it up. <laughs> so many cusses. So <laughs> much with the cussing. Uh, so McCoveyChronicles.com, check it out. Don't forget to uh, rate us on iTunes and ask questions in the comment section. Follow Doug on Twitter and Doug, you're at at Moonwalk McFly. I'm at every six day, but really just do what most people do and either follow and mute me or don't follow me. So <laughs> with that, good night. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back soon. Thanks.